TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now, back to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game. Having getting in for Matt Steinmetz. We'll be back on Monday off of hip surgery. Daryl the Guru Johnson with us as always. Let's get out to the Boxer and Gerson guest line and bring on a guest I'm looking forward to chatting with. Television radio broadcaster for the Kansas City Chiefs. Also a color analyst down there for our sister station in KC. Danon Hughes, former wide receiver for the Chiefs. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me, guys. Looking forward to next week. It's oh, going to yeah. be an exciting time yes. out in the desert, right? Well, of course, you're very familiar with the first matchup between these two teams. And it's something we've been talking about today. The four-year anniversary of Super Bowl 54, Kansas City, San Francisco. Obviously, the Chiefs got the better hand of the 49ers in that matchup. But I want to start here. What do you think has changed since they last met in the Super Bowl, first from the Kansas City side and then from San Francisco? So I think when, when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs and then Patrick Mahomes, I think the assumption has been that Patrick has been the same quarterback and the success that we've had in six straight AFC championships has been the same. But this team has been different. When we, when we uh, got rid of Tyreek Hill sure. by a trade, the team changed, and the offense specifically changed, and the defense elevated their game. Uh, so I feel like this year what you see is a more methodical plan of attack on offense as opposed to quick strike like we've been in the past and like we were in Super Bowl 54. Um, and then defensively, you're just seeing more consistency and dominance. Uh, they played – the story for the season and the success of this Chiefs team has been the defense this season, and who would have thought that would be the case when you have Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, but that's a fact. As far as the Niners, I feel like they're very similar to what they were back at Super Bowl 54. Mm. Extremely solid on defense, offense, uh, more capable. They're probably more high-octane on offense than they were back then. Um, uh, you replace Jimmy G with Brock Purdy, and you have the, the the outside guys that are making big plays, and you have McCaffrey in the backfield. Probably the addition of McCaffrey opens that door for them to be a stronger offensive force than they were back in 54. So you got a, a top-shelf mm-hmm. offense with George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey and Debo and Brandon 
going against a top-shelf defense for the Chiefs, and then the offense for the Chiefs going against an extremely solid defense, especially that front seven. So it should be a, a formidable matchup. Yeah, I can't wait. D, I was telling my co-host, when you guys had that home game against the Raiders and the mm-hmm. receivers were letting Mahomes and Andy down, just the team down, I kind of put you guys in the coffin. I was like, you know what? Something's off. It's just not their <laughs> year. Rice comes back. Uh, that great win against Baltimore and Buffalo. But over here, the Niners defensively didn't have their two best games. One against Green Bay, as you saw, and mm-hmm. last week against Detroit. Do you think Andy and Patrick are feeling some sense of confidence coming into this game that they can do something against this Niner defense? You know what? Even though we were winning the game, we won the games against the Bills and the Ravens, we didn't play top-shelf offense. So I don't think that uh, what maybe has lacked on the Niners' side has increased in any confidence level on the Chiefs' offense. This season for the Chiefs has been totally about us. You can make an argument that the Chiefs team could be could have ended the season fifteen and two without if it would just been four drops, four specific drops mm. by wide receivers. Like not that a game comes down to one play, but technically, if you look back, there are four games that came down to one play, and those were drops by our receivers. Mm. So we have been kind of up and down, inconsistent. So I don't think. Just because we've played much better in the postseason this year and gotten tough wins on the road, that that's any, that's any kind of incentive for uh, extra positivity. They realize that we we have a tall task at hand, and we got to this place differently than we have in the past. But I don't think just because you guys have given up a lot of points or more points than you're accustomed to, that that opens the door for us to have any extra confidence. Former Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver and now current television radio broadcaster for the Chiefs, Dane and Hughes, joining us on the Boxer and Gerson guest line here on 95.7 The Game. You mentioned Mahomes specifically, and in terms of the offense, when you were watching him this season, I know he's coming off an MVP campaign, obviously defending champs. To me... I'm not sure I saw the same Mahomes this year than even I did last year. Do you think that's just a case of the drops like you were talking about and not having as much help on the outside? Or do you think it's because Mahomes has taken a little bit of a step back as a quarterback? I think what we've seen from Patrick Mahomes is maturity and an evolution more as a complete quarterback and more so as a leader. And the reason why I say that is I think there will be listeners out there that say, Well, he's won two Super Bowls, two MVPs. He's been to six straight AFC championships. Like, how much better can he get? Well, he got better this year, more so on the leadership side and understanding the dynamic of not having to make the play Mm. all the time. And that's what uh, maybe he's done in the past and he's been successful. But as the season started moving forward and – some of the those inefficiencies happened on offense. You started to see kind of a shift in Patrick Mahomes where instead of forcing the ball downfield, making the big wow plays downfield like we've seen in the past, he was just going to take what the defense gave him. And if it meant uh, running the ball more like we've seen in the postseason, he hasn't checked out of those plays. There's, there's a lot of plays that are run-pass options, and he's, he's sticking with the run, going with the safe shallow crosses and five and ten yard routes and moving the ball down the field, taking up a lot of the clock, 
not throwing the ball in jeopardy uh, positions, not putting his receivers out there uh, in, in, in jeopardizing positions. So I feel like Patrick Mahomes this year and last year recognized something specific about this offense and was able to make crucial adjustments. Last year, after we lose Tyreek Hill, and we got Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scanling and Sky Moore and Kadarius Toney. What did he say? We're going to be just as efficient. He specifically said this, but we're going to look different. Everybody thought he was crazy. We, we just lost one of the top playmakers in the game via trade in Tyreek Hill. What do you mean? And then, lo and behold, we go and win a Super Bowl mm-hmm. by basically throwing the ball to 10, 11 guys a game. This year... Just the same way, Rasheed Rice, a rookie, comes in and assumes a number one role as the wide receiver in threat on this team. And what does he do? Adjust his game to to expose defenses with Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey more. So it's just a maturation process. So impressive for Patrick Mahomes. It is, Danny, and you got me in my feelings now because when you talk about Mahomes, he's so great. I was with my partner watching last year's Super Bowl, and I said, is Mahomes actually going to win this on one wheel? You know, he's got (laughs) one good wheel, and he got it done. But I want to ask you about the defense in Spagnola. Are you shocked that the defense took the steps that they uh, have this year? Because I am. I I didn't know they had it to this degree. Speak to us about his job and the defense uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs going into this game. Yeah, I think I wouldn't say I was shocked because I don't think I'm ever shocked with what the Chiefs organization has done. But I will say there were some surprises. You wondered how the young talent from last year, especially with the immediate success that Trent McDuffie had, Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson, Nick Bolton was in his second year, uh, George Karloftis was a first-round pick. You wondered, okay, well, what would that sophomore season look like? These are still young guys outside of Chris Jones on this defense. What is that going to look like? So with the injuries that we saw last year with LeJarrius Sneed, the injury earlier in the season to Trent McDuffie last year, you just kind of wondered. But I don't think surprise is the way I would say it. But then as this season moved forward and you saw the physicality by the defensive backs, Normally, and I'd probably make this argument with the San Francisco 49ers, their defensive backs are really good based on the front four and the Mm. front seven and their dominance. You can make an argument that the Chiefs' defensive backfield is really good because the defensive backfield is really good and the front four and front seven are getting their, making their noise based on the defensive backfield and how long quarterbacks are having to hold on to the ball and how they're not comfortable throwing the ball downfield because our DBs are all over the place. So uh, I think it's two different dynamics of success, and it's really, it's really good to see a defense be dominant when you have such a great quarterback. Joining us on the Boxer and Gerson guest line, Danon Hughes, television radio broadcaster, Kansas City Chiefs color analyst, also played wide receiver for the Chiefs back in the day. Danon, I want to talk to you about the, the head coach matchup in this because you've had the chance to play for someone like Marty Schottenheimer, who I think gets unfairly associated with coming up mm-hmm. short. Kyle Shanahan kind of is in that category right now here in the Bay because he's done some great things three of the last four years, NFC Championship games and beyond, but he hasn't got the big one. 
one. And now I know that Andy Reid stood in his way in 2019, but do you look at Kyle Shanahan as someone that can't get it done, or or he's just ran into, in various situations, greatness in front of him? How do you break down the head coaching matchup in this big game? You know what? I think what you see from Kyle Shanahan is maybe a younger version of Andy Reid. Like, you think about the, the success that Andy Reid had with the Eagles and winning the NFC and going to NFC championships, winning the NFC East uh, consistently with Donovan McNabb and then coming up short and then having his one opportunity and ultimately going against Bill Belichick. Like, that's the one year he made it to the Super Bowl and he had to go up against Bill Belichick, arguably the greatest quarterback, greatest coach uh, in history, and winds up losing. He didn't have that postseason extreme success until he came over to the Chiefs. That that's kind of similar to what Kyle has faced in his career, having that success to the limit, and then ultimately getting into a position where you're facing one of the other great coaches of all time. So. I feel like his time will come. Hopefully it doesn't come this weekend and it doesn't come (laughs) against the Chiefs in the future. But, I mean, he's such an absolutely great offensive mind. He comes from a great lineage. Obviously he's been around success, whether it was with the Denver Broncos back in the day when I played and now with the Niners. Uh, His time will come. I I think you got a great thing out there with Kyle Shanahan. He identifies with the players extremely well. And... um, from a Chiefs perspective, we just hope that that success doesn't happen in uh, next week. <laughs> no, awesome. I, I got to be transparent with you, Danian, because when Christian McCaffrey came here and had the impact on the Niners offense, I was telling people out here, and I wasn't being negative, I was like, you know what? The Debo-centric offense that we were accustomed to under Garoppolo is somehow Debo wasn't retained. This Niner offense could afford to lose his services. Then they had the three-game losing streak, and, and it just hit me like, how dare I? You know, not hate, but miss out on what Debo means to Brock Purdy pre-snap, the stress he puts on defenses, and the fact that you played football and seen a lot. Can you speak to just how, what I I want to call it rare, or how unique Debo Samuel is as a football player and how Kyle uses him? Well, it's amazing. I mean, he's such an amazing talent. And when you consider the success of the Niners when he's on the field, Trent Williams, Christian McCaffrey, and Brock Purdy, I mean, it tells you about how complete a unit they are. But with Debo, with his running ability, his pass-catching ability, his speed, and his tackle-breaking ability, like that's those four things to have as a wide receiver or a slash guy uh, are phenomenal for any offense and headaches for any defense. And it doesn't matter how good we're playing. doesn't matter if you were playing the 2000 Ravens. Uh, they, they would break the huddle, and everybody would look to see where Debo Samuel was because he has that kind of impact on the game. And to your first part of your point, I, I think that when you talk about what they could have missed and what, what maybe they don't need, I think it, it, it speaks more to how we should as fans appreciate the level of greatness that we're seeing and the level of athleticism that we're seeing on both sides. Like, you think about the Detroit Lions and what they were able to accomplish with Amon St. Brown. You got, uh, you know, their quarterback situation, the storyline behind them, and then you guys and the young talent 
for the Green Bay Packers, not having a receiver or a tight end with more than two years of experience mm-hmm. and able to have their, their, their kind of success on the field. And then obviously on our side, what we see from Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen and now Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, like this is a window of time where there's some great, great football and great players like Debo and others that we should just be able to relish, get some popcorn and watch and enjoy. Well, we're definitely going to have our popcorn out on Super Bowl Sunday coming up next week. But, uh, Dana, thank you so much thank for your you. time. Appreciate you taking us behind, at least here in the Bay, enemy lines. But we're looking forward to a great game, <laughs> and we appreciate your time. I appreciate you guys having me. That's Danon Hughes joining us well, here good, on the man. Boxer and Gerson guest line. Again, he does uh, color analysis for the Kansas City Chiefs, television, radio, all the rest, and, of course, played in the league. So, Man, no doubt. Evan checks all the boxes. I mean, again, I know it's Friday. Um and we got another Friday before the game. Yes, but I mean, I'm juiced, Evan. Like, there's so much, man. You just talked about it. You asked him about the head coaching matchup. I believe it's uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader or Yoda. <laughs> and Ob- you know, it's just like, no, I'm serious. The yeah. pupil and the and the teacher or whatnot. And Andy's already got two rings. And then young Brock Purdy, who Kyle was not afraid to tell his boss, I think we got a problem, but it's a good problem, and we're watching that play out, and I'm just thinking come next Sunday if somehow the Niners win, and this story is concluded in regard to Mystery Relevant leading his team to a Super Bowl, Evan. I mean, man, that story, will, it will never go away. Well, I know that it might not be as exciting as Super Bowl 58, but you also got something coming up to tell the people about, correct? Boy, you are special. Yeah, Evan, right. tomorrow, matter of fact, yeah. at Dick Sporting Good uh, at Ceremony Center in Daly City. I'll be there 12 to 2 hanging out. You could come get Niners gear, take advantage of uh, their sales they'll be having, and there'll be a special, get this, Evan, appearance from an NFL player. Stay tuned to find out who that'll be. But in the meantime, you can get all the info on our events page at 957thegame.com. I don't, well, you'll be on the air 12 to 2, so you can't come. <laughs> yeah. Wish I could. Yeah. I also want to remind people that speaking of our events page at 957thegame.com, you can go to breakingtea.com backslash 957thegame. That's our merch store. Get out there to grab all your red and gold gear before the big game next Sunday. We got Christian McCaffrey tees, Brock Purdy tees, all the rest. Grab your red and gold gear right now at breakingtea.com backslash 957thegame. That's our team store here at 957thegame. Also, of course, you can grab gear from all your favorite shows. Rats on the table brought to you by Ico Pest Control. You can also grab stuff from the Morning Roast, Willard and Dibs, all the gear and the rest. Again, you can catch and buy at breakingtea.com backslash 957. 888-957-9570 is the number. Evan Giddings in for Matt Steinmetz with Gerald Guru Johnson. We got Jesse Sapolu. We got to the Kansas City Chiefs side with Dan and Hughes. Go use the Rewind app on the Odyssey app to check that out. And of course, we got the 49ers perspective from a Super Bowl side coming up at 1 o'clock with four-time Super Bowl champ Jesse Sapolu. So looking forward to that. Magoo, something else he kind of touched on, which we've been discussing, is the difference between the two teams, right? And I think he also gave us some insight into just what the difference is offensively with the Chiefs. Yes, the lack of weapons, but also 
maybe a lack of an aggressive, you know, kind of go for the big shot, the kill shot type of approach from Patrick Mahomes. He's not someone that anymore is going to look to beat you as much down the field. He can, and you have to respect that. But if you soften that coverage, he's also a quarterback now that's fine with kind of dinking his dunking his way down the field. And here I go, Evan. A great point. Uh, no no shaded Brita, but the real cheetah is in Miami with Tyreek Hill. Three. And I feel like you're describing him. You are right. And it's just incredible that they did what they did last year without his services. And I had forgot. Ten different receivers caught passes in that Super Bowl. And he was making receivers that we thought were has-beens you know, still show something. And it's incredible, Evan. You're right. It's like a baseball team. Here I go with a bad analogy. We hit you with home runs last year. Now we're just getting timely hits. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We're butting guys over and getting that two-out hit to get the run across. But the fact that you can go from that and be dynamic in Fourth of July and firework type of offense – and now here you are, like you're saying, moving the chains, but you still got the maestro, the conductor, yeah. Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. It's just, it's special. And, it, and it's something I, th- I would hope that the 49er fans think they have with their, their plethora of weapons. And they didn't also enlighten me a little bit, because again, when I've watched the Chiefs this year offensively, I felt like I had been watching a different Mahomes. And he's talking about it not so much as far as taking a step back, but just playing, like I guess, a little more within what the offense has. Because, to his credit, I believe when Patrick Mahomes has not turned over the ball in the playoffs, they haven't lost. And so far in this Damn. postseason, right now you look at the interception-to-touchdown ratio, 4-9, to none, 68% completion percentage, about... 239 yards per game. That's relatively modest. In the Super Bowl, I don't think he even passed for 300 yards last year, but he was 21 for 27. He was efficient. And so how can the 49ers try and disrupt what he does as far as being an efficient passer? Because that's been Brock Purdy's game the whole year. But quietly, Patrick Mahomes has dialed it back, not as far as his skill set or talent, but the numbers have come back down, even though he might still kind of be the same guy like it's it's just interesting to me watching him this year versus the previous years because we're not seeing the 400 yard four touchdown games that we're accustomed to from him no doubt about it but Evan what if I told you my infinity for him grows because of that Mm. you know what I'm saying it's not just let backyard football let me step back and chuck it uh and he's brilliant doing that but now it's more of the you know uh, not that he wasn't using his his smarts but it's more technique uh you know we never questioned him at the line of scrimmage I do wonder Evan if the Niners still, excuse me, if the Niners front four struggles, do we see more blitzing from Wilkes that I don't believe we've seen a lot of uh, if they try to manufacture pressure to try to get to Patrick Mahomes and rattle him? Well, I'm not sure because taking a look at the AFC Championship game, for example, the Chiefs controlled the clock in that game. And that I know that did. the Ravens also gave them three turnovers, and so they had the ball a lot. But I'm looking at a team that ran the ball 32 times, so clearly they're okay with putting the ball on the ground. But you look at Mahomes, he completed 30 passes for under 250 yards. He was about six yards per completion. That's not a guy that's trying to drive the ball down the field. So from a defensive standpoint, if you're the Niners, 
Yes, you can dial up pressure and you can blitz, but I do feel like we're just going to see them try and get yes. home with four because if you blitz and you bring that bring that extra man, Mahomes is just going to get the ball out quick, and he's okay with essentially throwing handoffs mm. by getting those four, five, six-yard completions. So I don't know if we're going to see a whole lot of blitzing. You know what's interesting? The way you describe that, I describe Brock, Brock Purdy throwing it to his guys, whether it be mm-hmm. Debo, McCaffrey, and the flat for those four- to six-yard whops. Sometimes even more, Evan, but it will be interesting to see, and it's a hard job for everybody involved, just from an offensive standpoint with the Chiefs, how are they going to try to 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 slice and dice the Niner D, and vice versa. I'm with you. 888-957-9570 is the number. We'll be taking your calls after the break. Of course, we're discussing the biggest differences between these two teams on the four-year anniversary of Super Bowl 54. Again, that was the 2019 season in which the Niners unfortunately fell to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. What's the biggest difference between them? How have the Niners grown? Has Kyle Shanahan grown? That's also something I want to dig into because there's a piece of sound after the Super Bowl 54. That sounded eerily similar Uh to a piece of sound we've heard during this playoff run. And I wonder how people feel like that reflects on Kyle Shanahan. Is he different? Has he evolved? Has he matured? Or is he the same guy with a different quarterback? And is that going to be the difference? So 888-957-9570. We'll get to that after the break. And a reminder that it's a football Friday brought to you by Flag and Anthem. Also, since the Warriors are on the East Coast for a road trip that starts tonight, again, 5 o'clock tip. Warriors live 4 o'clock, 95-7 the game. They're in Memphis. But it's Super Bowl week next week, so Wilderness Dibs won't be taking any days off. Warriors live in the Warriors games will be on the FM station, 95-7, of course, while Willard and Dibs continue live on the free Odyssey app and our YouTube channel powered by First NorCal Credit Union. That's Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday of next week, all right here on 95-7 the game. 888-957-9570. We want to hear from you. Evan and Verstein with Daryl the Guru Johnson. We're back after this on 95-7 the game. Now, back to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game. You, you all right? I, I hope I am. <laughs> oh, boy. Dude, you, <laughs> Security, good. Oh, boy. Yeah, you might want to get out to Dick's Sporting but, Goods wow, tomorrow on Saturday. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I don't I mean, know I if it's a you. meet and greet yes. or a meet and... <laughs> what? I don't know, That's something else. Boy, I'm bringing me a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just just soften, lighten the situation a little oh, bit. we got to lighten the mood is, here. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Half hour away from four-time Super Bowl champion Jesse Sapolu joining us on 95.7 The Game. Use the Rewind app, the Rewind feature on the Odyssey app to go check out Dana and Hughes' fantastic conversation with him. But, but right now, Gil, I want to get into something else he brought up about these head coaches, right? About Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan. And a theme of the day, in addition to uniting the Bay, which, yes and no, is what's the difference between these two teams, right? The team from 2019 and the team from now, 2023, now in 24. And the head coach, like, when I say Kyle Shanahan in 2019 compared to now, do you think he's grown? Do you think he's mature? Do you think he's evolved? I, I have to say yes. And I will say yes, Evan, but... TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively... Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. 
and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... You deserve this ice-cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. There, I still have questions. Can I do? Can I say that? You don't get back to this point with a rookie quarterback. I'm just going back to last year, a first-year starter. If you have not grown and been able to change your mindset or thought process to a degree to look at the game and understand that you're looking at it on the field through a youngster's eye. So I'm going to say yes, but I ain't, I'm not saying he's perfect, Evan. I know you didn't ask that. No, he's he's absolutely not perfect. And no head coach is, by the way. Uh, even Andy Reid. I mean, Dan and Hughes compared Kyle Shanahan to Andy Reid, and I think that's an, an obvious or um, an apparent connection, the mm-hmm. fact that Reid got so close in Philadelphia, couldn't get the big one. Kyle Shanahan has yet to get the big one. He's favored to get the big one next Sunday in Super Bowl 58, but will he do it remains to be seen. My thing about Shanahan right now, and I wonder how people feel, is if there's a situation, for example, like in Green Bay, like even in Super Bowl 54. Okay. Or before the half. Uh, go ahead. That was the one. There's an opportunity to get aggressive, to try and dial things up, right? To try and go and get a score, but also maybe leave yourself a little bit vulnerable. What kind of Kyle Shanahan are we going to see? What are we going to see from the in-game decision maker? So I have two pieces of sound, right. right? This is from the 2019 Super Bowl after an unfortunate loss. Pain. But yeah. someone asked him about that very situation right before the half. And the aggression, and here's what Kyle Shanahan had to say. Uh, yeah, they had three timeouts. It was 10-10. to 10. Um, The last thing we were going to do was allow them to get the ball with three timeouts, especially with their quarterback and offensive speed, um, to go in there and score before half. Felt real good, 10-10, um, to 10, especially with us starting with the ball. Um, thought it played out all right. Thought we should have got points, but um, they um, ended up calling that P.I. on Kittle. So it took it away. We felt real good at 10-10. to 10. I think that's what a lot of people associate that soundbite with. And the reason why I bring this up, Goo, is because I've had the chance to speak to some 49ers fans, both in the office and outside Mm -hmm. of it. And going back a couple of weeks to the divisional round, something that just was in everyone's minds when it came to Shanahan in that spot was this soundbite after the Green Bay game in which he appeared to be okay with the score being 7-6. to 
I mean, I like that they didn't score. I like that we won at the end of the day. And I, we did go. We did try to score. We had a chance there right after on second down. Thought we had a chance for BA over the middle. Would have been a big play that got, in, got us inside the 10 with two shots to take it in zone. We didn't have the time to get it over the mic, and we ended up checking it down, and then we didn't get it. But uh, that's how it works out. I thought we, we make sure they don't get another chance. But it's not like we were just playing for a field goal. Uh, we, we called for a big play. It just they played pretty deep. So there were some contextual situations oh, there. Man. But again, the takeaway is... You didn't want the other team to have the ball. And you know what, Evan? What I take away from that, just hearing you say that, the ball, it's like I understand coaching and being safe, but too often I hear Kyle talk about what the other team could possibly do Rather than put your foot, keep your foot on the pedal for what you're trying to do. It's always, it's, it's kind of what we're reactionary, Evan. It's like go guns blazing. And, and again, I don't know in a week next Sunday if, if he, if he's learned or grown from that, but I'm watching, but you are right there. That is kind of cryptic in the sense that I feel like he's so worried about the worst thing happening instead of what they can do. Guns blazing. Well, that's the thing, and I, I wonder too. And this is why I feel like this is a huge. I was test. interested. You found that. It, wow. Well, it just it it, it kind of was it was connecting the dots, but also listening to to fans that felt the same way of an apprehension from him in that situation. Now, again, the situations are different, but the tone to me sounds similar. We were okay by not scoring. We were okay with the score being yeah, what it was. Nah, I hear you, man. And that type of conservative tone yeah. that I'm hearing, I wonder if that's going to be the same in Super Bowl 58. And here's the reason why. I think Super Bowl 58, in many ways, is not the final test, but the biggest test for Kyle Shanahan from the standpoint of conservative or being conservative mm-hmm. because the biggest difference that we've identified between these two Super Bowl teams or Super Bowl appearing teams is the quarterback. You didn't trust Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. That's I, that's objectively clear to me from the playoff path to the game and everything. You didn't trust him. Nobody can argue that. And I don't think anybody would fault him for it. But now you have a quarterback that I think the majority of people do trust. The fans 49er faithful. They trust Brock Purdy. Does Kyle Shanahan, in the biggest game, in the biggest moment, will he trust his quarterback to try and get aggressive against a Chiefs team that has a better quarterback than Jordan Love, that has shown they can lap you if you give them a chance at the tail end of the first and beginning of second halves? How aggressive will Kyle Shanahan get in Super Bowl 58? That, to me, is the test of whether or not he's a different person, a different play caller, more specifically, from 19 until now. No, I love that, Evan, and i tell you what, Regardless of who you are or where you rank or what your job is, nobody can manipulate what we're going to watch because those answers to those questions are going to reveal themselves. And you are right. I think about the Green Bay game, and I know he didn't throw his quarterback under the bus, but you know he didn't say Brock had the best game. But going into that half, there were almost would be pick six to Savage or whatnot. Yep. So I could kind of you know see some nerves, like man, Evans not having his best game, but. I don't think they can win this game with that mindset from uh, Coach Kyle Shanahan. So it'll be interesting, Evan, to see if he's learned from kind of the big stage and 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 be ultra aggressive or just aggressive. Because if somehow they don't win the game, could you imagine coming in here Monday 
if those questions were to resurface, those are the things that linger and have the fan base not turn on you, but question the said coach. And look, to his credit, the conservative approach out of the second half against the Lions did that work helped, in his favor. no doubt about it. You got the three points that ended up being the difference Needed in the football score. game. Yeah. The difference is Dan Campbell's not on the opposing sideline in Super Bowl 58. It's Andy Reid. Mm. And I think, more importantly, Andy Reid has Patrick Mahomes as, a port, as opposed <laughs> yes, to Jared Goff. So, you know, I, I think this is a game where I don't know if we'll see Kyle Shanahan stray away from who he is because, again, it's gotten it's gotten him to this point. I don't think he's someone that just switches up the process. Like, I don't see I don't see him, for example, taking the ball if he wins the coin flip. Okay. He's probably going to no defer. No, I would. Yeah. But, again... With less margin for error against the best team from the other side of the bracket, I do think there needs to like the Niners will have to play better than they have in the division no and the conference championship. There's just no doubt about it, Evan. And uh, I don't want to go hoop on your Embiid injury, but I just think about <laughs> trust the process. And it's almost like I could hear Kyle telling us, you know, I'm on this big stage. I'm not going to get overwhelmed and kind of, you, you know, goes back to the Dan Campbell thing. You've been ultra aggressive the whole year, and then you kind of, you know, you kind of pucker up. But to Kyle's point, It'll be interesting to watch, and Evan, it won't just be you and I watching Kyle. There will come situations down in distance, times of when people are going to be able to judge, you know, his decision making. And Evan, sometimes you get credit. I know it's going to sound crazy. You get credit for a decision, and like Campbell, uh, he calls a play, the receiver drops the ball, Mm -hmm. but. We all can see that the play was there. That wasn't on you. But if Kyle doesn't take those chances and basically entrust his players, then that's where it comes to me to where it's like, you know, you were just so tight. You didn't even want to trust the players to make the play where aggressive was the call. And it's not just about trusting Brock Purdy specifically, although he's the one that orchestrates it all. I think it's also about trusting better playmakers on this team than you had on the team four years ago. Putting the ball into the hands of McCaffrey more early and often. Debo Samuel, who's a better version of himself. ASAP. <laughs> and he was he was getting active in the first half of that Super Bowl last year. I think he touched the ball once in the second half. Wow. So you got George Kittle. You now got Brandon Ayuk, who wasn't on that team. It is, yes, about, I think, trusting your quarterback to deliver the football, but also allowing the rest of that offense that I think everyone and their mom would identify as head and shoulders above what you had four years ago, trusting them to make the plays to maximize your points. Yeah, no doubt. And this is from our girl Lori Matthews on the uh, First NorCal Credit Union YouTube chat. Tell me what you think, Evan. Kyle also needs to remember that Brock Purdy has never been here before. He's uh, in his second year as quarterback. Take what the defense gives you and get the ball to your playmakers. Chiefs, not as good against the run. And it's kind of funny when I hear that, that last part. She is technically right, Evan, but we saw what Baltimore didn't do in regard to rush attempts. But it's not a season-long, hey, Evan, can you improve your run defense? It's just 60 minutes. And maybe 30 of that, all depending on time and possession, you know, maybe your defense is only out there 24. So you're asking them one, one day, you know, to be better against the run as opposed to a whole season worth. So I, I do understand that's her Achilles heel, but it's 
if we have a good day stopping the run, if I'm Kansas City Chief Defender, you know, that can go a long way to propelling them to help the team win. Yeah, look, the trenches are a big part of this. And I know I made this mistake yesterday, but the one time where Mahomes has lost in the Super Bowl, it's because they got killed in the trenches. And he had no O-line. Yeah, he had injuries, but you're right. He had no offensive line. He was running for his life. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers got pressure. You're right. But also Tom Brady, conversely, was standing upright most of that football game. And they were able to run the ball as well. So, you know, the the 49ers have multiple ways to win the game. I think the Chiefs do as well. Um, But I also wouldn't expect the Chiefs, and maybe this is part of it for some people too, I wouldn't expect the Chiefs to do the Niners any favors, like turning over the football or even in those big fourth down situations, I feel like Mahomes is probably, for example, if the three spots in the NFC Championship game, Dan Campbell, look, he took points and then they were 0 for 2. If the Chiefs go for three fourth downs, I feel pretty confident they're going to get one. Mm. You know, they're not going to give you anything. No doubt about it. And you just mentioned it, you know, unlike the Niners who've played two games, uh, playoff games, the Chiefs have played three. And you're talking about your boy hadn't turned it over in regard to making a mistake in the interception. And, you know, all of a sudden now the receivers got stick them. I know they had a couple drops against Baltimore. (laughs) But you know what I mean? That was symbolic that uh, who caught that last, that third down on his ass? Marcus Valdez-Scantling. The guy who was dropping balls earlier in the year. How about it? And we won't bring up Tony. Yeah, he's deactivated. Kadarius? Yeah. You think he's going to be active for this game? No, hell no. What do you mean? It wasn't a- Somebody had AI. <laughs> I got duped last night again. Oh, boy. And it was Andy Reid at the presser, and he was saying all this stuff about Tony, and he was cussing. I go, Tupac, move over. Andy, you're going to get fired. And it was AI, you know what I'm saying? But it sounded like Andy just saying all this stuff. And I was like, come on, man. Internet, man. Stop it. Andy Reid embraces all of it, though. It, it's funny like to hear the – and I, I get it. Like, he's on top of the world. He's got two he Super is. Bowls. But yeah. that's also part of this, too, Goo. Like, if you look at the the pressure, right? And we, we, we've kind of discussed is it more on Brock, is it more on Kyle. I know that they're the favorites, and it's not because of this. But if I'm thinking about pressure – because of what the Chiefs have done and because of what they have to lose if they lose this game, and then looking at the Niners, how much they have to gain oh, man. and how much they do have to lose, I wonder if fans, because this is the way I'm feeling, I feel like the pressure is on the Niners. Like heading into next week, heading into Super Bowl week, I think we're going to see it build. I'm not mad at that. I think pressure is all squarely on San Francisco. And would you tell me if uh, I'm on your street with that? Evan, am I wrong to go back to the last two NFC Championship games? Regardless, mm-hmm. a chance to go to the Super Bowl. You guys didn't win. And then if I can interest you in the 2019 Super Bowl where you were up 10 in this same game, like you've been so damn close. So I do feel like the team that doesn't have any hardware, that's been knocking on the door, the pressure should be on them more so then I know Kansas City's not going to be like, oh, we lost, we got two Super Bowls. But no, Evan, I'm with you. It's almost like I don't like the fact that Kansas City can, they got the mental version of house money in a sense that we've done this. Uh, not every time we lost. But the Niners haven't. Like, there's that Steve Young monkey on his back. Like, I feel like the Niners, every starting with the coach, that's on his back. And I know it might seem counterintuitive because the franchises, Niners got five. I think the Chiefs are going for their fourth. But the Niners have not won a Super Bowl in this millennium. I think there's many fans that don't associate Super Bowl or Super Bowl wins with the 49ers. 
they are kind of the, the the new kids on the block, and they got the the brand new toy in Brock Purdy. Kyle Shanahan has been knocking on the door for quite some time. If they don't get it done now, I think this is the best team that they've had in the Kyle Shanahan era. And also looking at the Chiefs, this might be the weakest version oh, of man. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. That's interesting, Evan. And what scares me about that from a Niner standpoint is, okay, Obviously, the Chiefs know their shortcomings, but and they can go add talent, maybe at the skill positions or whatnot. Just their team. But if they were to win this and have that that sense of uh, superiority, you wonder, okay, Kyle, when are you ever going to win it? If you come out the NFC, you still got to face a guy now that is the modern day Tom Brady. That's got three of the last four super. You know what I mean? You'll always, hey, and you can do it, but just we saw how lucky they are to get there. Just this one, when we thought it was going to be easy way, talking about the Niners, but just that guy that is in his Steph Curry zone or his LeBron James zone of always having you got to take the throne from him. Mm-hmm. You, you want to kind of do it now, like you said, Evan, before they go get reinforcements and get right back here. Yeah, and if you're the 49ers, I know that it looks like things are going to be bright. And look, they could be right back here in the same situation next year because the team doesn't look like it's going to change much. You want that win under your belt. But you've also been extremely healthy this year. You've also had great production from a multitude of players. Everything from a salary cap structure perspective has Mm. been shifted and reorganized. You don't know if Trent Williams at a year older is going to be the same player. Like There are questions that we're going to talk about throughout the offseason about the direction of this franchise. No doubt. But that's another reason why I feel like there's so much urgency on this game. If you can get this Super Bowl, if you can get this win, then it makes all those questions that we're going to talk about and dig deep into seven feet under, we're going to be looking at those with a little more light because you have the ring, you have the chip, you have the trophy. Mm. And you took it away from the person that took it away from you four years ago. No, I I totally agree. And Evan, I'm not a coach. I'm not in that building. But with whatever um, decision we had to make as as an organization moving forward, that deep breath of we got one. And we're working from that. You know, we got one. We're, we're we're not we're not good, Evan. We want two and three, four, not five. But you know, everything would be different in regard to the stress level to me of seeing your new team, the decisions you got to make, still chasing it as opposed to having that one. And we're ten minutes away from talking to someone who's got four of them. Damn, Jesse Sapolu, <laughs> offensive lineman for the San Francisco 49ers, is going to join us in the Boxer and Gerson guest line in ten minutes. Looking forward to chatting with him. You know, he comes from an era goo that we talked about uh, throughout the week about how that era was. Once you're in, you win. Meanwhile, this era is you're in and you Man, might he, not win. What do you call it? I don't know. We've lost the last two. Right? Yeah, second <laughs> two place. Games, you, yeah, you're calling it second place. Tricky. Exactly. Yeah. And they're two-point favorites in this football game against the right. Chiefs team. That Again, like I feel like if you're looking at the state of these two franchises under these head coaches, this is the strongest the 49ers have been. Not to say that they can't get better from now until next year, but if we're just looking at the Kyle Shanahan AR, this is the best team that I have seen under Kyle Shanahan. Under Andy Reid, this is the weakest Kansas City Chiefs team that I've seen. That doesn't mean that they're not damn good. No, that, well, that doesn't mean that they might not win the Super Bowl. 
In fact, a lot of people, I think, are going to be picking them to win the Super Bowl. Do you think it would hurt more from a Niners standpoint? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's what it sounds like. It absolutely would hurt. Not just because you came all this way and you fell short, but because if you can't get this one, when are you going to be able to get Kansas City? Mm. Like, is it going to take an injury to the quarter? Is it seriously like, is Andy Reid going to have to, you know, miss a season? How are they not? Gonna fall. How is another team gonna knock off Kansas City if San Francisco That's can't the, do it this year? And they're, they're man. And when you think about it like that, Evan, it's like so much for both teams on on both sides in regard to again. I keep talking about the fallout. And if Kansas City can look around and say, you know what, to the whole league, Evan, and the whole world, we were limping, we were wounded, and look, we still got the trophy. And then from the Niner vantage point, like, man, that was probably the least best version of themselves, talking about the Chiefs, and we couldn't beat them. Yeah, from GB Audio on YouTube, powered by First NorCal Credit Union. Even Brady lost three Super Bowls. Should have been four if the Seahawks ran the ball. Oh, Anything man. can happen in football. I agree. I mean, Tom Brady had his time in New England ended by Ryan Tannehill. The quarterbacks that he lost to in the Super Bowl were Eli Manning and Nick Foles. Eli yeah. twice. Exactly. Eli twice. And for that Nick. reason, we think about him as being a Hall of Famer or in the conversation to be a Hall of Famer. Brock Purdy, why not him? Like, why not him? I love that. To knock off. I know that Mahomes has gone through quarterbacks that some people would say are better, right? Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. They haven't been as efficient, but they're more dynamic playmakers at that spot. But that doesn't mean that Brock Purdy can't beat Patrick Mahomes. No doubt, Evan. And the NFL has never had a Mr. Irrelevant throw a pass in the league, and now this guy's on the cusp of maybe holding up the trophy. Paramount Plus, the movie is coming, the Brock Purdy movie. I don't know what is good. Prime, whatever you want, Evan. It be at the, it might be at the theaters. But I told Grandy, I'm looking for somebody to play Brock, and Brock's young enough to play him. I was going to say he's 24 years old. Yeah, it might not be someone know about right no now. It's playing Brock Purdy at that yeah. point in 10, 15. We'd have years. to get him a stylist though. He, Uh-oh. you know, get some, you know, some drip. Well, I was going to say, you could probably just pull someone off the street if you're looking for Brock Purdy's style. <laughs> oh, boy. A flannel. Yeah. You know, maybe some Levi's. Brock has the Norm collection. He looks like Norm <laughs> you know, with, the white, with the white pro kids or whatever he's rocking. I'm playing. Brock Purdy would be fly in any era. But I go back <laughs> to Monday's how... show with Lowe. They do, he's going to get some chicken. A raise is imminent. It's you think coming. So? I, I do I don't think know so. if they can do that. Well, there's a Super Bowl bonus. Well, that, but... you're right there. Hey, so Brock Purdy, here's an extra couple hundred K, even though you're playing $30 million football. You talk about return on investment, man. It's through the roof you feel for bad? the Niners. You feel bad for him at all? Uh, I don't because whatever went into the calculations and science of, you know what, Evan? We're going to, we don't think you're good enough to be in the first, second, third. Like, I'm not saying he earned that. He's busted his ass, but I guess. Whatever he did and however the science worked out, they felt like that's when he should be drafted. So I don't feel sorry. Well, damn, Evan. Like, no, no like, I'm just I'm curious. Like I do, I do kind of feel bad for him. What part? Well, the fact that because he's you're... living a dream now that he earned. He is okay. So that I don't feel bad. But you're talking about the chicken aspect. Yes. Because he's given you production of a $30, $40 million Now, what if he has right a two-interception game they lose? Would you come in? I'm just asking. Well, he threw four picks against Baltimore. But he still but got you there. He did. But would you still feel that way? Because right now, people are feeling like, you know, Brock's the next. He's, he's the next, and I get it. But what if you kind of find out 
you know, they're not he flames out, but there was some turbulence. Would you still feel sorry for him after a bad game, I guess? Even if he doesn't have a $35 million performance in the Super Bowl, he he's still out playing his $800,000 yeah. yeah. or $900,000 contract. He beat Jared Goff. He beat all those guys. Uh, Jared Goff is the number one overall Geno pick. Geno Smith last Jordan year. Love's a first-round pick. Yeah. He's beaten every single NFC playoff team. This is crazy. Now, he is 2-3 and three against the AFC this year. I don't like that. And we saw Baltimore put hands on him. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. But coming up next, we're going to chat with four-time Super Bowl champion Jesse Sapolu, offensive lineman from the great 49ers teams of the 80s and early 90s. That is what is coming up next on 95.7. The game brought to you by Fremont Bank, full-service banking, no compromises. Also a reminder, again, you can catch all four hours of Steining Guru on the free Odyssey app. Go check out our interview earlier with Dane and Hughes. You can rewind and go check out the interview with Bryant Young. Hall of Famer was on with the Morning Roast earlier this this morning, we're going to chat with another Niner legend on the other side. Jesse Zappoli is what's coming up next. Evan Giddings in for Matt Steinmetz and Daryl the Goober Johnson back after this on 957 The Game. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 